Hello, and welcome to the Chaitown Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Goncher. Today we have three special guests, all well-educated scholars from Marian Catholic High School, giving us a rundown on the effects of racism in Chicago. These gentlemen will be getting into topics of housing, segregated neighborhoods, and poverty. We will further discuss how each topic is related to the black community today and the book entitled Native Son by Richard Wright. So stick around. Joining us today as our first guest is Mr. Luke Martinson, introducing our initial topic of housing and proceeding with issues on the poor living conditions seen in the black community of Chicago. Hello, everyone. I will bring evidence from the Native Sun and outside sources on standings of pricing of these homes and where people are living in the Black Belt community and the cleanliness and size of these housing spaces. I have two quotes from the Native Sun that will describe the size and the cleanliness of these homes. Light flooded the room and revealed a black boy standing in a narrow space between two iron beds, rubbing his eyes with the blacks of his hands. This first quote talks about some of the size, how they only have two iron beds in their living space. There he is again, Vicar, the woman screamed, and the tiny one-room department galvanized into violent action. This second quote has two distinctive properties in it. First, that there he is again. That is referring to a rat that is around their apartment that they have been trying to get and capture and kill. That just shows how cleanly their home is. And the second one is the tiny one-room department. That just says how small their apartment is. It is only one room that they live in. I also have evidence from an outside source that talks about the expenses of living in these houses and how unfair it can be. The rent went from $800 to $1,200. In August of 2017, I got another notice. The rent was going up to $1,475. Just as Shaylee Nicole claims in her article discussing the Chicago housing crisis entitled How Chicago is Making Its Own Affordable Housing Crisis Worse, there are supports being put into place such as the Affordable Requirements Ordinance Pilot Project. However, communication and access are key to making it all work. Response from the city to black community is necessary for a proper transition into good livelihood for all citizens in Chicago. These conditions were not individual either. The conditions shown in the Native Sun are the same conditions that the majority of families faced in the black belt. This along with the lack of opportunity for black people made for desperate and unfair conditions for the community. So thank you for that segment here, Luke. Uh, now you talked a little bit about the cleanliness of the homes. So can you give a little bit more details about that to describe it in more depth? Yeah. Um, well, the dense populations in these homes often led to infectious diseases, poor health status for black Americans, as well as excess death in the community. Wow. That's crazy. Um, I was also surprised in my own reading about how small these apartments actually were. Is there anything else you can add to give people an idea of this? Uh, yeah, well, the families, um, they would also, they would often live in a one room apartment 
and they would have to share a bathroom with all of the other families uh, around them. So that gives you a sense of how much of a struggle that had to have been. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. No problem. Next up on the Chai Town podcast is guest speaker, Mr. Jack Beagler, who will be expanding a little bit on the issues presented by Luke, but also giving insight as to the segregated neighborhoods seen within Chicago. Richard Bright's native son shows just how bad the housing market really was. In the first page, even, the book quotes, the two boys averted their eyes into a far corner of the room, end quote. Uh, immediately, we could see that the house, the family living in, is really just a small room, otherwise known as a kitchenette. Kitchenettes uh, were often door-to-door rooms full of families that provided people who rented them out an easy solution to families that couldn't afford proper housing. These buildings were built in bulk to cram as many families into one building as possible in order to make a profit. These were often incorporated into already poor neighborhoods, primarily made up of African-American families. This area became known as Black Belt. Now, you spoke about the kitchenettes and the poor conditions which the black community was in. How does this contrast to the white community of Chicago during the time? Well, the whites often had a lot better housing and weren't really succumbed to the small buildings. They also had bigger properties with more amenities, uh, such as lawns, that weren't shared. Yeah. That's uh, quite a disadvantage for the colored people during that time. From one of our sources, it writes, African-Americans were primarily limited to an area of Chicago known as the Black Belt, which was located between 12th and 79th Streets and Wentworth and Cottage Grove Avenues. Approximately 60,000 blacks had moved from the South to Chicago during 1940 to 1944 in search of jobs. In an effort to keep the newly arriving African-Americans out of their neighborhoods, whites within a residential block formed restrictive covenants, legally binding contracts that specified a house's owner could not rent or sell to black people, end quote. This quotation came from an article entitled, Housing and Race in Chicago from the Chicago Public Library. The vast majority of those that make up the Black Belt are in deep poverty, so much, in fact, that some of the people that rented out the rooms would charge more specifically to lock the families in a cycle of poverty so the owners could make it just a few more bucks. Wow, that's very interesting, Jack. And it seems to me that it's as if the whites were just feeding off the black community to steal their money and give a disadvantage to the colored community. Uh, yeah, the hate was so strong that the whites decided they could make a profit off the black families. They would trap them into a cycle of poverty that was proven very difficult, if not impossible, to get out of. Yeah, that seems uh, quite unfair and uh, what a shame. Um Well, thank you for that segment, Jack. Uh, Of course. Nice to have you on the Chi-Town podcast. Thank you. Lastly for today, we have a young scholar, Mr. Jonah Hickey, who will be talking on issues of poverty in the black communities of Chicago. From the reading the novel Native Son, we can get a sense that Bigel had to face poverty due to how many people judge and view black people. In the setting, Bigel was living in a segregated environment 
and because of it, he had to face different levels of poverty. There are different parts in the novel where Richard White talks about how Bigger is facing poverty. A quote from the novel, You know Bigger, his mother said, If you don't take that job, the relief cut us off. We won't have any food. This explains that Bigger came from a poor family, and money is a big issue for many black families to keep, and only money is a key to survive from poverty. In today's society, money is a huge part for families to have to avoid being poor, but being in poverty because of money is sometimes not the case. There are many reasons also that cause family to be poor. There are gains and violence have been a huge part of poverty. There's an article about a teenage boy who was growing up in a poor neighborhood in Chicago and who was trying to avoid gains and violence. This is an example in today's world where many families are in poverty due to not only money but also due to gains and violence. Now, Jonah, your analysis on poverty in Chicago is really interesting to me, especially in your words that poverty can be caused by other things besides a lack of job or income. You mentioned an outside source regarding a boy in poverty. Can you give me a little bit more information about this source? Yeah, this article, Growing Up with Poverty and Violence, a North Lawndale's teen story, is about, um, was written Dan Darlin Ganton. Um, the story was about a teenage boy who was shot when coming home, and because of how terrible the, the neighborhood is, the neighborhood was like was se- segregated, and there was a lot of violence and gangs happening. So going to school was really risking his life to going there. Um, I think when where the boys, when the teenage boy was living in, in, in a segregated neighborhood, there was a lot of violence and gangs and were 2,800 shootings and, and there were like 43% of the people who are, who are living in poverty. So I think that how segregated the neighborhoods are and how unsafe places are really makes a difference. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very interesting point to see how even the violence in a neighborhood uh, from segregation can cause such an impact on the future of someone's life. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the ultimate reason that this poverty had originally been established in Chicago? Well, I think it was caused by the initial racism and stereotypes that were initiated by white residents in Chicago's roots. Um, These stereotypes have influenced generations of people leading to the poverty still seen today. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I think that still holds a lot of prevalence today. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. And we hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sticking with us. I hope you learned a little bit more about the racism and segregation in Chicago seen so heavily in the past and still prevalent today.
Some important takeaways from this discussion is that African Americans, as seen in the world today and in the book Native Son, struggle from a variety of challenges. Of these issues, poverty, housing, and segregation are three of the most pressing. To eliminate this segregation, stereotypes and myths need to stop circulating in regard to the black community and good livelihood must be more attainable for the black people. Once again, I've been your host, Ben Goncher, and you have been listening to the Chaitan Podcast. We'll see you next time.